Hello and welcome to another Not Chilly podcast. This is episode three. We did it. We made a podcast that was less than an hour long. Give or take this introduction I'm just about to talk about right now. This is exciting. <laughs> it shouldn't be, but it really is. Because there's a, it's, it's nice having an hour and a half long podcast and it's, it's a bit of fun and it's unrestricted. But I like to grab the formula and make something a little bit more fine-tuned. I want to work at it. And I want these beginning moments just to be a bit of more of a ramble. But here we are. So once again, I'm with Josh. And once again, we're talking about something to do with video games. Because this is what we do, it seems. But no, the next podcast post this will be something different. But this time, anyway, you kind of talk a lot about what we're trying to working around is this idea of what this perfect idea of like fully integrating gameplay into storytelling. There's a lot to say about... Yeah, games are, you know, an amazing medium and they tell really great stories, but there's still something missing in that connection. We've got books that have, you know, masterfully done. They're they're kind of at their peak and movies that are at their peak and they all tell stories really, really well. And they're kind of, they're kind of reached their potential uh, in some ways. But video games is still trailing behind. It's still rides off the back of other uh, amazing mediums and we kind of talk about what that is all about and what that means so without giving away too much uh, enjoy the podcast and here we go thanks for listening well you're saying that you don't really feel the cold before oh before yeah yeah so they probably just no there was no that's not a condition that's my normal being now i do feel a cold very intensely oh okay so So then so maybe i'm the freak because i fucking feel the cold for some reason and those people Uh, it's just a don't have feeling in their legs somehow just a way of being i mean that's you know feel really don't like the cold that's pretty typical eastern european oh yeah well i mean it's such a warm and tropical climate yeah yeah no potatoes at all i mean it will be once trump's done but it's but the whole world will be at that point. Yeah. So maybe that's what, maybe he's trying to do a good thing. Maybe he's yeah. just trying to make the whole world into a tropical paradise. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. It's, it's, it's going right. to be amazing. Make it's the like, world great again. With yeah, make, <laughs> make make the world uh, a tropical paradise. The entire planet will just be a Trump exactly. hotel. Oh, and that's what it'll be. Yeah, it won't be called Earth. It'll be Trump. <laughs> and it'll just be a big hotel resort planet that Trump. we all pay for. Planet Trump. with our souls somehow. Um, uh, if they could figure a currency for souls, I reckon. Yeah, maybe. well, they've got to figure out if souls even exist first. Not in just Dark Souls, but... And on that topic, I should not bump my souls. microphone. Well, no, no, Dark yeah, Souls. Yeah, look, I mean, games. I think that a soul is uh, the essence of a person. It's the, it's the, who knows what, it's the... It's your breath? No, it's the... Then you just let out some of your soul. You can't. You can't explain it. You can't define it. Well, that's probably not a very good conversation to have then. Because if you can't explain it or define it, then it won't be I'm very just such a soulful person. Yes, nice. You like soul music, soul food. That's no. all you eat. No, then you're not a soulful person. I don't lie to me. So Naughty Dog, as a company, is... I feel like that's what we're going to talk about. I was originally... I feel like that's what you're going to talk about. Oh, yeah. yeah that's right. And then I'm going to get you to talk about it because I'm going to find the thing that's going to make you go... <laughs> and just go into like a, a huge spiel. Because originally we were talking about The Last of Us 2 trailer. We were like, oh, let's talk about that because there's a lot of really cool nuances and cool things that we, that we can stimulate a conversation with. Now it feels like it sounds like a really... The whole company sounds like a really interesting conversation to have. And that should lead into like, like a lot of things, like especially the concept of melding or actually creating a game that tells a story through gameplay mechanics, specifically. Yeah. Which I don't think, like you said, it's like, can you think of a game that does? (laughs) I can think of one game that kind of does. And that would probably be... Oh, no, because you're right. Like, well, let's define the rules here. The rules are that you couldn't tell the story 
with another medium throughout the game, right? That's the rules. Basically, yeah. I mean, what what about the fact that you can live an experience in a video game mm -hmm. defines what the possibilities are for how you can tell a story? All right, go into more detail. Well, I think, like, probably, you know, Half-Life is, like, the classic example of the story is purely told through the experience of the character. You know, that 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 is... That's a prime example. Mm -hmm. um, there's no uh, chat logs. There's no, like, uh, cutscenes, primarily. Cutscenes... Cutscenes... Are just little movies. Well, yeah, I mean, cutscenes basically turn your game into a film. Um, mm -hmm. And not necessarily just for that segment. I mean, in, in my opinion, Naughty Dog games, like, the gameplay is just the journey between... Two cutscenes. Between cutscenes. Mm -hmm. And and I love their games. Um, but I, th I think that, like, that, you know, I guess it just irks me a bit when I hear people say, like, oh, my God, it's the greatest video game ever made and stuff like that when I hear people talk about... Well, what what for us. you is... Um, give me, like, a... We're not going to deviate too far from the, from the particular company, Naughty Dog, but what is your example of not the best video game but on that category of like this is an amazing video game and it, it deserves to be on a podium above a company like naughty dog what wouldn't irk you if i if they said to you this is the greatest video game ever I think any anything would irk me because like i don't know for me that falls under the what's the best cup of coffee on the planet thing it's like you know there's 150 cafes that make coffee equally as good as each other. That is the best. Okay. I think that, and also then it's like, there's different genres. Like you can't say that, um, uh, Starcraft is the best game ever made. Uh, but it could be the best RTS. Yeah. But again, like that would then fracture again. It's like, that's a very specific type of RTS. I mean, that's the problem with video games when you categorize them in these definitive terms is that like you, it's in terms of quality, um, well, do you have any rules? Do you have any rules to say, like, a game has to be pushing the boundaries, innovative in some way, um, or something I, like I, that? I think, like, I suppose, to me, an experience that you have for the first time in terms of gameplay is something that I find very interesting, right? So... That, I suppose, is how I feel about saying that something is um, is excelling ex in the area specifically of gameplay. I mean, I think that's where Nintendo really excels, right? Because there's not really much to most of their games aside from gameplay. It's like, what story do you get out of any Mario game, for instance? You know, it's not... So riveting. Um, but is the gameplay phenomenal? I would say yes. Um and and I think that, you know, if you look at a game like, uh, I think Mario Galaxy falls into that category. I found that exciting the whole way through. Same with Mario Odyssey, which is arguably a better game. Um, or Mario 3D World, uh, 3D Land, game I poured many hours into. Um, it's about that gameplay cycle. I mean, that gets into stuff where really only game developers can, I feel talk about it but as a player i think that you can you know because they know all that stuff like they can get down into nitty-gritty detail of like um in in filmmaking right in a scene you want to sort of take people on a journey that is relatively similar to the overall arc of the film so, you know, you want to start people out in one place and take them to a point of tension and then lead them into the next scene uh, through some type of form of transition. Um, uh, and in gameplay, you have that happening down to many times a second. Like, uh, um, I'm trying to remember who was actually having this conversation, but it was, it might've been extra credits, but I can't remember. Um, where they were talking about basically like in a game, the, the, when you're firing a gun, right. That's part of like the gameplay loop. It's like, what do you do that, that makes you continue and keep 
feeling good. It's like, why is the, why is the gun being fired feel so good? Cause they put in so much detail into like, as you like press the mouse button or pull the trigger or whatever, you know, this happens. And then the light comes out like this. And then it's the gun cycles forward and the animation does this move and comes back. And it's super satisfying. And doing that a thousand times in a row always feels great. Um, and the same goes for jumping and throwing a mushroom or whatever. To me, Naughty Dog always has me feeling... So if I go to Uncharted, for instance, because that's those are the games that I really like from them, um, that has me feeling the exact same way as like Indiana Jones, right? I just want to get... I just want to absorb the whole film. Mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, and I play for sequence in between and the shooting's okay and the, um, you know, the climbing's okay and all that sort of stuff. Like the the overall gameplay mechanics, I've never felt in their games are the thing that actually really draws me in. I get drawn in by the characters, um, which I find is very rare in games. But I think that the reason that it works with Naughty Dog games is that they use cinematic storytelling. So they're using a pre-existing model that is very firmly established and they're adding gameplay sequences in between that sort of have enjoyable banter between the characters in the gameplay um, that reinforce what you've seen in the cutscenes. So so a game for you that is is worthy of a title of like, you know amazing and you know like really kind of standing out is a game that 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 in some way innovates in a gameplay specific way because because the the innovation doesn't necessarily have to innovate it just has to execute what it is doing very well and that has to be within its own genre of medium which is gameplay which is games in general right so like that's why nintendo does a good job yeah, like Nintendo does a really good job because everything that you do all the time feels awesome, you know? Like, you, you'll get drawn in by a colour, like in, in, uh, in uh, what's it called, New Donk City or whatever it is. In, New in, Donk City? I'm pretty sure that's what it's called in Odyssey. Anyway, like the realistic human area. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll, like, see the taxis. You're immediately drawn to them, right, because they're so bright. And then you go near them and you jump on top of them. And when you jump on the taxis, like, you they don't respond like a real world taxi. It's like they respond like a cartoon one. Like you jump on top of it and it sort of bounces you like a trampoline and Mm. the bonnet and the boots sort of lift up. And it's cute. And it's addictive. Like it it never gets old. It's really, really fun. And and so do so many other aspects of of what they have. That goes across most of their games, I find. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think that many of the Zelda games fall under that. Like um, I've never felt that the combat was too simple in Zelda for instance I've always found it satisfying like in Ocarina of Time because you weren't good enough at it right I it's just it's so simple yet effective and and like you're this hero and it feels like kind of badass when you go like block do this do this and they kind of added layers to that um as they moved into Wind Waker and then they don't think they did very much in Twilight Princess. I think they were too. They were focused quite a lot on the motion control. Yeah, same. same and that was flawed because it had no accuracy. So yeah, and then they fixed that in Skyward Sword. But it was Sorry. for me that was too much about the sword. Yeah, and then um, Breath of the Wild when they got to that, it was like that to me is just awesome um, because I. Sp- I can be a bit of a button masher in that game. I'm sort of like defend, defend, hit, hit, jump, hit. Um, that's kind of how I do my flow. But for example, um, you know, our friend Stu, uh, he's like super into the blocking and the flurries, right? So that's, yeah, when you like... That's hit, how I play. Yeah, so like you hit the shield at the right time and go through. I sort of save that for like specific moments, like I, as opposed to doing it all the time. Um, I'll do it on like a badass enemy that you need to play more dark souls or Um, or bloodborne to get into that that's that's literally the that's the addictive quality of of bloodborne but to to jump into this picture because i actually have a bit of an opinion thinking about it the more and more i hear you talk about um what you would define as like an, an exceptional game i agree with you that 
the gameplay is is what makes a game to be honest like it's the most important element that separates it from any other medium but i also feel that what makes a game amazing is the way that it incorporates gameplay into the cinematics as well i'm not suggesting that 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 version is better than just gameplay on its own but i'm suggesting that that the way that gameplay integrates with um, um the moving like images of it, like the the movie parts of things is actually what makes for example a game like naughty dog or metal gear solid which is notorious for its ridiculous amount of like cutscenes the way that gameplay integrates with the the movie sequences the cinematic sequences of a video game for me it, it it's enough of an enhancement that it creates and like it, it would you'd be lost if you took it out if you took it like you couldn't i don't think you could take out uncharted's gameplay or or the last of us gameplay just throwing the movies and have the same experience or a similar experience i think you'd be losing a lot in a lot of little detail which is why i think naughty dog do it pretty amazing yeah so i'm, I'm not saying that they're not great games no, I know. What what I'm saying is that what makes excellent and compelling gameplay is different from what is uh, a, an enjoyable experience. So, to me, the Uncharted series is a thoroughly enjoyable experience. Mm-hmm. I think that most of the aspects of the gameplay are are quite average. I thoroughly enjoy them, but I have to say that I've, you know, in terms of third-person shooters, I couldn't tell you how many superior versions of that type of gameplay I've played. Like, <laughs> like, But if you break it down like that, of course, but it, what I find entertaining about, like, the, the repetitiveness of the gameplay and the le- lack of complexity in Naughty Dog's shooting and actual the gameplay elements themselves are compensated by the the intriguing character moments that happen throughout gameplay. I'm not talking about the dialogue moments where they're like, hey, I'm saying something funny or like this, but just in the way that they move, the way that they, you know, react to certain environmental situations that are not scripted. Those moments for me are what make um, the gameplay in Naughty Dog exceptional knowing full well that the playing of that, like the actual like execution is pretty rudimentary in the sense that it's, you know, like in all Naughty Dog games from Uncharted onwards, it's pretty much, you know, cover, shoot, shoot, run up, melee, attack. I think there are significant like immersion breaking things in those games though, particularly with the AI allies. Like I think that's far and away the worst offender. Mm. Oh yeah. In... Like, because I've been playing a few Naughty Dog games recently, and the one thing I noticed, um, this never really bothered me too much in Uncharted, because again, Uncharted, I really file into that, like, ridiculous, unrealistic Indiana Jones box, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it's adventure adventure fantasy, it's really fun, that's all it is, Um, and that's why I, I adore it. Last of Us, though, is not in that category no. at all. And, like, I was playing a sequence the other night in the first one, obviously, with uh, some, like, clickers. And a number of times that, like, my companions were, like, running in circles around a clicker in a way that I would have triggered them. Yeah. Um, or they were, like, standing directly in the line of sight of an AI or something like that. Like, it's not... There are enough things for me in their games to be able to really poke holes in the fact that it's like a continuing experience that's being told narratively. Um, But I think that... To me, The Last of Us is a far worse offender than the Uncharted games. I think that the Uncharted games are quite period because well, it's more action us. based whilst on last of us kind of requires well it doesn't require but it it he- relies heavily on stealth elements especially in the it does like a, in a game that executes them in quite a flawed way I yeah think. I, I think that they i think that the way that that game implements that stuff and 
that doesn't ever change either. It's like early on, it's sort of like you can get through by like stabbing a clicker in the neck. It's like that strategy is the same at the end of the game yeah, uh, as it is at the start. And you have to go through so many of those sequences. The, to me, the most interesting aspect of the entire game was um, dealing with the human people, which was basically just straight out of Uncharted. Um, yeah, with less weapons and less... Yeah, it was more mm. frantic, right? Yeah. Like, I know that you played it in a super stealthy way, right? I think yeah, pretty much. Ages, away, ages ago. First time I played it, um, and this is why I've been enjoying playing on PS4, same as Uncharted games, um, the remaster ones are just... They're better games. They, they actually are mm-hmm. better games. The hardware makes a difference. It's not about the graphics. It's about the fact that um, the controls are hugely superior to the... DualShock 3s, which were just terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it very hard to aim in that generation with yeah, my yeah, PS3. That's I found it really difficult. Um, and whereas like with the DualShock 4 and the improved frame rate, it just totally changes those games for me. Um, now, the, the thing that I did the first playthrough uh, uh, on PS3 was that I was just Brawler Joel. Uh, and this one, I'm a bit more of a mix. I'm like, instead of fighting my way to get through it, because I, at a certain point, about halfway, like that first game felt like a chore to me. Like it was like, yeah. oh, I got to finish this. Um, whereas the now I'm playing it and like trying to think, like I would playing an Uncharted game, where it's like, what would Nathan Drake do? Um, <laughs> That's how I tend to play most third-person games. If that's like a character I'm looking at, it's like, what would he do? So it's like role-play. She do, or, you know, what would they do? And um, I see, I never role-play. I always go like, what would I do in this situation? That's kind of, I, I, I enjoy that. Yeah. I'm not Nathan Drake and I'm not Joel. So I, I enjoy that. It's like, what would I make that? And I think the thing that's funny is like, it limits my gameplay a little bit in spots because I, I'll not do like certain ridiculous, stupid shit that, that character wouldn't do maybe yeah okay but um uh on the second playthrough i've been enjoying a bit more because it's been like i'll go full brawler mode when he's desperate which is very much the character i think that they well that's what i do so when i when i cringed a little bit when you said the um that i play in stealth mode is i do i do play in stealth mode but i love when that fails and suddenly you're like stealth 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 you kill one guy you kill two guys and then it's just oh, geez, I've messed this up, and you just, like, grab the bottle, throw yeah. it in the guy's face, punch him in the head, get shot at. You know? Yeah, I forgot how many of... You know how, like, in Uncharted 3, they introduced that sort of, like, contextual beating guys up thing? Yeah. Whereas, like, it shows it to you the first time in the bar, and yeah, yeah. it didn't quite carry it as well through the rest of the game. Like, there were bits where it was good, yeah. but it didn't... Whereas I forgot in Last of Us how much that game was programmed to to do that yeah and it can be a little bit repetitive but it's a little bit repetitive in the same way as like the the glory kills in doom 2016 yeah. repetitive in that it's it was like oh yeah you'll see it you'll see the same uh animation cycles throughout your playthrough mm. but you uh they never become less satisfying or less gory or less horrible like in in doom one of the things i there's a great um, keynote speech uh, at uh, one of the GDCs by two of the developers from the Doom 2016 one. And it's quite interesting. He starts early on in his uh, keynote talking about violence in their game. And he really puts it on this thing of like, you know, we, we have this like gory violence stuff. So we're not trying to put realistic horror and all that kind of stuff in your face. We're, try- we're trying to put like stupid you know, levels of violence in your face that are just fun because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Whereas The Last of Us, those glory, I wouldn't call them glory kill moments, it's more like desperate kill moments, but the environmental kills where you slam a guy's head into the wall or you slam them on a desk and then you pick them up and push them into the wall next door, you smash a bottle in their head and all that kind of Mm. stuff. Like, (sighs) rather than them never ceasing to be entertaining or satisfying, I find that they never cease to be... um, awful <laughs> yeah and and that serves again like this is the thing naughty dog build to in my opinion naughty dog build brilliant environments and brilliant stories within which they put you um and then within that i think it's up to the player to decide how good that game play that was is. actually one of, one of me one of my main points that because i play it stealthy and i play it 
I roleplay myself, I don't roleplay the character, I start to get really into it, and I start to get really, like, I get involved in the stealth, I get involved in, like, what I, and I get really anxious and nervous and tense, and, and then when the action happens, I get all frantic, and, and I enjoy that experience, and I enjoy the way that the characters interact with the environment as well as with each other in those moments, which cause like their own little story moments. You could almost, I agree that there is a lot of them and it is kind of repetitive. And there's certainly a lot of moments, especially with the clickers where you're like, you know, like you could almost read a walkthrough with your eyes closed and then figure out how to get through, uh, which I feel like they're going to amend in the next game, which I'll go into later. But um, I just hope there's less of those sequences. Yeah, me too, a little bit. Um, and... But I still feel that there's a really strong relationship between the the cinematic moments and the ghost gameplay moments, which create a sense of tension and fluidity throughout the game. That if those gameplay moments were with, were out of it, and all I had was a story, I would still feel a bit lost. I feel feel like, oh, this is a really cool story. I like this, but eh, cool. I would, but with the gameplay, I'm like, oh my god. I, I, this moment here is, is really exhausting and tense and this cinematic is really important to me because I fought through all this bollocks and I stealthed my way through and I like crawled through everything and I got there. So. Yeah, I think... Look, the chief thing about it is that the more limited a story is, the, the more aligned your story of a game will be, I think, is really what I'm talking about. Say so, again. So, like, if you told me, and by the way, this is not me saying that um, Bethesda are any good at telling stories. Um, Bethesda <laughs> put you in an environment where you can kind of craft your own version of what you go through and in the order in which you do it, right? Mm -hmm. And again, the manner in which they tell that to you is basically through radio stories, as in just conversations with a person, or you read it. So, again, that's not groundbreaking storytelling. Yep. The groundbreaking and, like, why why can you sell so many copies on, like, a stupid number of devices of Skyrim? It's because the diversity of experience that you can have in a gameplay, in a, in a playthrough, is just huge. Because you get to decide how you do things and who you see yourself as in that game, right? That is broader gameplay storytelling of you creating a character. But, again that character that you've created isn't really supported by the world, right? So, um, what I mean by that is essentially that uh, when you play through Skyrim, for instance, you create a character uh, in your mind in, in this world and you roleplay in this world, but all of the strings that attach everything together are in your head. So, if you walk past a character on the street in Skyrim... They're not going to go, oh, my God, that's that guy that did this thing, that did that thing. And it's like, holy shit. That to me is the next, that to me is like, that will be what storytelling is in video games. That everything that happens and all the things that go on that are in your experience in real time all the time are reflected and changed and allow you to have impact on the world that you're in. A lot of games give you the illusion of that, but that don't actually do it. Okay. And it's because the sub like the systems below that, the processing that's required to do things like that, in my humble understanding of these things, uh, is is quite significant. And you're talking about a lot of data and a lot of possibilities and how do you get like an AI to say that stuff? Like uh, surely at some point they're gonna need to move into a point where uh non core uh NPC characters, non player um NPC characters non-player characters, characters, um, <laughs> where... Uh, NPCs. Where NPCs are somehow digitally synthesized in terms of audio, right? Like, that's a huge problem, is that line repetition happens in, you know... That, I mean, that's just a problem of time and disk space. Time and money. Yeah. More than anything else. Yeah, How true. do you record 100 million lines or whatever? Yeah. I mean, oh, that God. these are the things is that the technology will change, right? Like the next generation of consoles is very likely to be fairly well wide into the cloud, right? And when you have that, you can have like a data center that is processing something that's going, all right, feed this synthesized line of audio, all that kind of stuff out. This is where I lose my job, my career. It goes down <laughs> the shitter. No. you Because people will need to, like, you'll... you'll 
There'll be no nuances in those dialogue moments. No, no, no. Those, they're like, they're useless moments. characters no one gives a shit about, right? Yeah. That's the point. Like, then you have, like, the major characters or, like, the shopkeeper and this and that. You record, like, a, you record, like 200 characters, but you want to have, like, 20,000 characters in your game or something. I mean, that, to me, is where that stuff goes. Now, I know that that sounds like I'm mostly talking about open-world gameplay and stuff like that, but I think that in terms of linear gameplay... <sighs> You're always going to have a problem, really, telling a, a story. Well, you got you got some choices there because you're right in the sense that imagine if you're playing The Last of Us, and you played it really stealthy, and then throughout the game, you'd hear people talking about this dude that's like ravaging towns and destroying them, like all these camps, and they're they're fearful of you because but they don't know who you are, and it's always a surprise. Or then take the other version of it where you're a rampaging maniac. I mean, that then... stuff's fairly easy. It can be like the, um, you know, the nemesis system in, um, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. In uh, Shadow of Mordor. I never played Shadow of Mordor. Yeah. So that, that's got a system where basically like when you kill certain orcs, another orc takes their place. Like all the major enemy orcs, and there's a lot of them, like come in and take their places. And so it's like you are actually shuffling the hierarchy Oh. It's very clever. Um, it is a superficial system in that it gives you the illusion of that of that depth, mm -hmm. but it is very successful at doing that. It's it's very very clever, um, and those are the kind of things you can do. Like say that you decide to kill a guy with a shiv in The Last of Us, uh, and then someone is like, "Oh my god, he, that's like she's the one that killed." Mike with the shiv like things like that that's very easy to do which they do just... in um, Metal Gear Solid 5 yeah yeah so that stuff is quite easy but the question comes back to then does that serve the game though so the things that I was talking about and the things that I would like to see in terms of storytelling I don't want to see those things in Uncharted games or The Last of Us because those games have this is this comes down to that thing. It's like when you look at films, right? When people, oh, Michael Bay is shit. It's like, no, Michael Bay is exceedingly good at what he does. Mm. So it's not a dog. I and that's exactly it. I'm like, all I'm saying is I don't think that they are. You know, when people say it's like, oh my god, it's the best game ever made. I've never seen a story told like this. It's like, well, you have when you went to the movies a million times, like. <laughs> uh, I, but I'm not saying I want those things in those games. I'm just saying it's interesting to me that nothing seems, nothing I've ever played seems to have told me a story since like the early, you know, 1998 or whenever I played. Uh, Half-Life. Yeah. I, I would have played that late. It's like 2000, 2001. Mm. So um, that's the only time I've really felt this sense of this whole thing being washed over me in a way that I have to replay it 50 times because, oh my God, did I miss like someone saying one thing in this other room because I d didn't like listen. I didn't eavesdrop. And uh, like that was the last time I really felt that a story was being told to me that I could have walked past. Mm -hmm. Half-Life 2 did that um, well. Did really well, I think. And so I want to see the next step of that. You know. Did you ever play Firewatch? I haven't played Firewatch yet. You need no. to play Firewatch. Yeah, I've heard that's like awesome. It, it sounds like a lot of the elements you're talking about kind of come in that that zone. You you could you could almost replace it like a radio player because it is essentially a big conversation between two people um, over a walkie-talkie. But the variances of that conversation changes with how you play it, and so it's almost like a choose your own adventure. That choose your own adventure comes in the form of how you as a first person character play the, the game and what you see and what you investigate in. So it's it's certainly worth it. And it sounds like it it's steering towards that direction. I really enjoyed that game. It's probably four hours, but it was yeah, a good four hours. I think I suppose what I'm really saying is that I'm not trying to offer suggestions actually, right? We've talked about possibilities and things like that. But I'm not you have you have art you have books you have audio you have film uh you have uh so many different ways of telling stories and this is the only one where you can 
interact with and have an impact upon the world of those stories, right? It's the only interactive medium. Fully, yeah. Um, and all I'm saying is I don't think that the brilliance of that medium in terms of storytelling has been explored uh, to its potential. Um, I think that someone is going to make a game at some point that just changes what our perceptions of uh, narrative. Yeah, that's exciting. Are. It's that's extremely so exciting, exciting, but it's it's that thing of just going like, I, 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 we don't know what that is. Mm. We don't know what is possible because it's new. It's like it's like someone getting a book and just going. Um, Today I went to the shops and I did this. You know, and then someone comes along and goes, oh, oh my God, you know, the things that I made up and w- was telling you, you know, my like oral stories that I made up around the campfire, I can write that shit down now and I can send it to like Bill over in the other tribe. Yeah. Like that, that moment to me, I, I just, I haven't. I haven't experienced it really aside from Half-Life and that's so linear, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's you, you, that's the stages. irony of it, right? Yeah. It's like you there's such a strong narrative and it felt like so incredible and yet it's literally the same experience every time you play it through with minor changes like depending on timing and stuff, but you know I I think that there is that oh my god, we can we can publish this, you know, oh my god, we can reprint this. We c- there is something that we can do here. Or the first time that instead of broadcasting news on television, uh, you know, television adopted a lot of films, so say radio, right? Instead of just getting on the radio and going, this is what happened today in the news, uh, someone went, oh my god, you know those, those uh, Superman comics? We can, like say that as though it's like a, an entertaining thing, you know? And that before television in your house was the primary form of entertainment was you sat down at night and you listened to people do radio plays. It is. It sounds really exciting that period of time because it also makes when you hear these, like, I mean, VR is, is good in its own way. It's taking technology in a particular direction, but it does, in my opinion, explain what the current climate is in video game technology at the moment. We kind of got to an age where maybe like five to ten years ago, it was all about how good we can make something look and yeah. how realistic and how well it flows or how good's the animation. We kind of got to a point where like, okay, that's kind of enough. People aren't really talking about how, oh my God, this new COD game looks so blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, it looks the same, but the gameplay elements are changing. And Well, the, th- the thing that's actually funny about that is that a lot changes under the hood and a lot of things do actually improve, but the yeah, increments are so much smaller now of, of movement. You know, it's not... But also socially speaking, that people aren't as, as jumpy about that. People are actually getting in my, in, I do feel, this is just anecdotal, but I do feel people are getting more interested in gameplay. It's like, yeah, yeah that's great. So it has great graphics, but like, what can I do? Yeah. And I, I, that's a wonderful place to be. And I think that that is an interesting thing that challenges a developer like Naughty Dog because Naughty Dog in terms of what they do are very, very, very narrow. Yeah, um, but they do that narrow really, really well, except for moment, like gameplay elements, which, to be honest, they're actually getting better and better at. They are absolutely getting better like, at Did them. you see like in that The Last of Us 2, if that's anything like how we're going to experience that, it? I'd say that seems to be quite close to their, like in previous years when they've shown something and then the game has come out, it's yeah, yeah. it's always been about 90 to 95% accurate. That, and if that's the case, that gameplay feels exhilarating and a, a step up in the way that they have done it before. Yeah, I think the one of the stat and these and again, like it's incremental, right? It's not revolutionary or mind changing, yeah. mind blowing, but it's like the thing of when she's running along and she grabs a bottle and hits someone with it, she doesn't stop, grab the bottle, and then yeah. keep moving. If that type of fluidity of movement, that that is a moment that you can create for yourself in this uh, and Ellie in this world, right? Like you can be the player that goes to the left and doesn't decide to grab that bottle or then goes back to that bottle afterwards and then turns around and hits the person. I'm hoping that that bottle moment has 40 different versions, not mm. in terms of animation diversity, but in terms of how you can get to that bottle and then oh, how you There is it. games that do that and that try to do that. Um, Dishonored. 
I mean, flawed in a lot of ways and easy for a stealth fanatic like myself. But boy, did I feel like it! I could do whatever I wanted. That game, though, I felt in terms of storytelling, hugely was like I hadn't felt that way since I played Half Life. Okay, like that's exactly how I felt. I felt that that was. I didn't just like Half Life, by the way. Dishonored 2 was... Yeah, did you... Um, that's an interesting one, actually. That's probably like a whole tangent. But but I that was... Um, I've now attempted to start that, I think, five times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I keep getting to sort of about four hours in. Yep. And then I go, oh, I don't care. Boring. Whereas the first game is like one of my favorite games I've ever played. I, yeah. oh, I loved it so much. And the funny thing is when you look at the second game... What they did is they take the first game and they went, how do we make more? Yeah. And the problem is that they didn't need to make more. That was they needed to tweak some of the gameplay elements, but they didn't need to add to what they had. The formula was good. It didn't have to be a bigger world. You didn't need to add more like hit points that you have to get to. All you needed to do is go, all right, we need to make this more difficult and fine-tune those gameplay elements to make the challenge for certain players you know, feel a bit better for it because this is primarily a stealth game. To me, entered that region of they opened it up so much because you know, so many pathways and stuff now. I actually got to this point of like, I always felt like this thing was going on in the back of my mind, going, What have I missed? What have I missed? What have I missed? And I don't want to feel that way when we're playing a game. I want to feel like, I mean, this is we've had this conversation before about like, like the the problem with massive objectives, right? Um, like Mass Effect. Right, mm-hmm. that trilogy is about stopping the galaxy from being destroyed. Yep. So the problem is, I as a as Shepard c- couldn't do side missions that were below a certain level of importance, which was like over like the vast majority of them. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like I like I, I, I don't have time for your shit. Your yeah. <laughs> yeah. The freaking galaxy. The fucking galaxy. Yeah. And that's. Like, that's that's the problem. Like, Dishonored has that same thing. It's like, I don't want to be sitting... Dishonored 2. I don't want to be sitting there going like, oh, my God, what little detail did I miss on this map because I've gone this way uh, when I have a very important mission to do. But it just... I don't know why that one didn't grab me, actually. I need to... It's one of those things where to really analyse something like that, I, I find, for me, I have to keep doing it and I don't want to. And I feel yeah. terrible about... S- saying that about uh I, I just loved the first one and i'm sure the second one is awesome i just didn't 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 take hold uh certainly not in the way an uncharted game does yeah. well on that topic i think this is actually a good time for a damn change to wrap it up because you, you lead to a really important point which we can't actually figure out and we can talk about it in another detailed podcast but it's that that you're right in a lot of ways gameplay like have done so much amazing things when it comes to storytelling but it's it's teetering on that line of like we're waiting for that jump we're waiting for that oh this is what video games can really do yeah and i think you're you're seeing developers like city project red mm-hmm. get to the cusp of that or what i would what i do really think is that big data not big data, cloud processing is going to really make these things possible. Possible. Because like, again, like with the Shadow of Mordor um, example, all of these basically become very complex illusions um, that are presented to you. It's it's overwhelmingly fog and mirrors. Mm. Um, uh, in, In Witcher 3, you know, a lot of that stuff of making the world come alive is is fog and mirrors. And uh, after they've passed this point in the game, make sure that the uh, villagers say doing, this yeah. and to have this happen and have this happen. That's an illusion. That's not. That's not really having. That's triggering uh, a script. You know, that's triggering an event. Uh, once once things start really dynamically responding to you, I think you'd be able to tell stories in a very interesting way. But again, that comes down to the, that's really an open world conversation, right? How in, you know... Linear game. How in a linear game would you tell a story in a way in which we've never seen it before purely through the ability to do it interactively? 
I think it's an interesting question. And and I think you could ask it in any, this is the great thing. You can ask it in a real-time strategy. You could ask that question in a tactical, um, uh, you know, fantasy RPG. There's There's so many different possibilities. And that's why I do think that it, it used to be on the outside and now it's become the largest entertainment medium in the world. And the thing that's going to be interesting to see is that as games increase in their legitimacy in terms of um, narrative efforts uh, beyond just gameplay efforts, it's going to be very, very interesting to, to see where they go because um, we just don't know what's going to happen. Are we going to be sitting in, you know, large warehouses or whatever in the future with VR headsets on all creating some story together that no other medium could do. Maybe. For sure. Like we have to, like yeah. something like that's going to happen, right? There's just going to be narrative experiences that are told through gameplay that otherwise could never, ever have been uh, been told. And I think that that again plays into, you know, games like This War of Mine and things like that. It's like, could you not tell the story of um, ex- like, could you not give people this like visceral experience of being a refugee or something? Like there has to be ways, and people talk about that with like VR filmmaking, and I understand where that's coming from. But in terms of interactivity, that's a whole different level of yeah. things. You're not just you in there for the ride and choosing the camera angle. Um, you, it's your agency, it's your activity, it's your influence that makes uh makes changes and asks you questions like what would you do um uh, not just pose the question but allows you to 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 act upon them so i think that's the type of stuff that'd be really interesting to see is that not only can you provide these new unique uh storytelling situations uh experiences uh through gameplay you can probably also give access to stories that otherwise um can't be told in a way that make them understood deeply uh and we'll see that run alongside the other great mediums of you know audio books uh you know and and film and it'll literally be a class of its own like it'll be you would not be able to transfer that back into those other mediums like you couldn't you can now with most video games a hunt yeah you could, you know, as we were talking about before with Naughty Dog, it's like you can tell all of those stories by replacing those gameplay sequences with action sequences, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's all that you would do. You could yeah. turn that into a film by... it's. You would still capture that story completely by doing that. Um, you wouldn't have the interactive satisfaction and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But there is another level that's out there that hasn't been tapped yet. And there are people way more in the know and far <laughs> smarter than you know than than us who are who are going to uh get into that. Can I give me a disclaimer this we are far smarter than everyone. Uh well you. Me. Perhaps. Yeah. More, yeah. more importantly. My IQ's seventy three, I think. Oh seventy three. Yeah. Oh well my IQ's so much better it's like at forty. <laughs> it's like double yours. Um no, that's no, that's a perfect point. I love it. I think that's where we end it because the future is bright. It it is. It's exciting, and we don't have those answers because we're not qualified. They, they, we don't know if that's no. the, like, if someone we talked to a, a gaming developer and they said, "Are you stupid? That's not possible." Or they go, "Yeah, that's that's what we're doing. It's just taking a long time, like or it's evolving. It's getting there. We're just." Yeah, you know, bit by bit, we're trying to work that into it. It's that thing of like, it's so bound to the limits of the technology. And not just that, it's bound to the limits of the technology at the price of which it can be deployed. I think that if you wanted to pour a few billion dollars into it and not see any money come back, I think you could create an experience like this. Yeah. Did you, you know, know quite easily. Have you read Ready Player One? Uh, I have not because I... You want to watch the movies first. The movie first. Okay, that isn't a good example of what we're talking about. But yeah. we'll see, you know. And unfortunately, we're going to end on a plane. That's just it, yeah. Just so you didn't know, guys, recorded this on a plane. On a plane, <laughs> yeah, on a plane with planes flying over us. Yeah, <laughs> really, really close. It happens. Yeah, it sounds. so It good. happens disturbingly more than you would like to think about. I don't no, <laughs> no. 
I'm about you haven't to taken go... off from Melbourne very often, have you? Well, I want to go <laughs> to Vietnam and I don't want to think about those things. I'm going to close the blinds. I don't know. Have Melbourne, you're times. like sitting there. It's got the runway and you like you can see on the angle that you're going onto the runway yeah. as you look out to the right. Um, you'll be able to see like about five or six jets coming down <laughs> and then you go on and they turn the jets and go, this is how I've, I've had this happen like 70% of times I've left Melbourne. Jesus. Um, and then, you know, like as you leave, another plane is like touching down. Nope. They have nope, to get nope, off nope. as the other one's about to land. Nope. Yeah. Nope, 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 nope. It's, all, it's like, you've got like 45 seconds. That's a minute. crazy. It's crazy. Many people you could kill and no, oh, I guess they would have safety mechanisms. If you... Massive safety. Yeah, they, they would like, be like they would be talking about it and accelerating, yeah. accelerating, going well. All that. They stuff. figured it out because every time a lot of people die, they go, "Oh, how do we fuck that up?" <laughs> that's how aviation works. Yeah, no, that's how most, well, not most things, but lots of things work. <laughs> how did that go wrong? Uh, it went, it went very badly wrong because uh, this guy went before this guy. Oh, okay. That's why we have simulations now. Yeah, it's part of why we have simulations, yeah. but... Uh... Either way, thank you for talking about <laughs> these things. That's, that's my way of closing no, it. No, 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 we're segueing into talking about airline safety. We might be able to do that. Maybe we'll do another podcast right now about airline safety <laughs> and how qualified we are to talk about <laughs> but it. But I'm still hitting stop. But I am still hitting stop because I've got to edit this and we're just breaching an hour. So thank you very much for talking about it. No, that's all good. I feel like it's a really good full stop, but I really would love to have this same conversation in five years. Oh and my god! See what difference it is. I know, right? I, <laughs> How cool is that going to be? Something's going to happen in the next five years yeah. that is just going to be wildly six. exciting. Or five at that stage. I. Do you know what? It probably will be a console because it'll be tapped into. If it's not, it'll be Xbox on PC or whatever. Yeah. But I think it will be Microsoft who do it because of their cloud capacity that they can very easily tap into. Um, but I, I think that it probably will be a console that delivers that experience first because it will have this um, system that is very um, uh, standardized so that it's easy to deliver it. To so audience. people set your alarms to five years from this day yeah, well, and then listen to this And this podcast. will be the truth. This will be either the truth or we'll all be dead. Sound like Michael Pactor? Like, uh, trust me, this year there is a HD Wii coming. There is a HD Wii coming. <laughs> like every single E3, that's what his prediction was for like five years. It was very funny. Well, eventually he got it right. No, he didn't. It was a new console entirely. Oh, uh, okay, right. Well, that Wii U, I guess. Anyway, all right. I'm going to cut. Bye. <laughs>